And we are back. Performance Academy Podcast. We back, we back with Zach. And Josh, you boys. Yeah, boys. Um, Alright, we're going to start it off as we do with our with our um, our fitness-related stuff going on currently. Hit it, Josh. Mm, still doing more, more of the same for the most part. Um, only thing that's kind of slowed me down a little bit is I injured my knee at jiu-jitsu last Monday. So oh, yeah, how's that looking? I think it's fine. I'll run. I mean, it hasn't bothered me. I'll run tomorrow for the first time uh, since last Wednesday. Um, so, yeah, that's it was good. I just iced compression. Elevation, you know, rest. Took a little bit of a, was it a leave, I think. I think that's an inside. Um, so, yeah. Kind of like off topic a little bit, but have you heard, um, I forget the doctor's name that created that RICE acronym, but he, he kind of refutes his own idea of that with the icing aspect of it. Actually delays, um, delays recovery. Wasn't you supposed to do one first and then the other later on? Is it heat you're supposed to do first? I, I don't know really anything about heat, to be honest. But ice, what it does is when you're like in the inflammatory phase of an injury, um, well, like acute, acute kind of like right after it happens, just to reduce pain, you can do ice. It's really the only thing that ice does is reduce pain. It doesn't help with um, any inflammatory markers or trying to let it heal quicker. It really, it really actually kind of slows down the process, the inflammatory phase of it, because when you have like an injury, say you just fucking like sprain your ankle and it swells, you have a lot of extra blood flow there of like white blood cells and nutrients and that kind of stuff, and it's hot, right? When you put ice on it, it it reduces the blood flow to it and keeps it cool and and delays that kind of inflammatory response. Because I, I took a you know athletic injury prevention type class in college. Mm-hmm. I was trying because like I remember, I remember hearing something like that, but I do remember in some instances ice is recommended. So, so you said maybe like right when it happens, like yeah, super acutely. Cause um, I, I mean I can't recall from that class, but, and then because I know was that a was that a was that a like a elective kind of class? Yeah, I should have taken that. <clears throat> yeah, it's kind of cool. It's yeah. like drugs and something. Like wrapping and stuff and whatnot too. Uh huh. Um, but yeah, so then. I mean, it's, it's one of the two that you could still use. I don't know if it's heat, but I mean, yeah, that's, I know like you're getting that blood flow and that swelling actually helps the healing, but you want to like, I mean, the, the, you want to reduce the swelling at some point. Cause like when your knee's all swollen and you try to run, like that's what it, like all the pain is, is all like the fluid and whatnot. Okay. In so, the knee joint. so actually I just, cause I've been doing a ton of, um, CEUs for 489D. The stages of healing, because this so this is like post rehabilitation kind of stuff, and re- re- reintroducing exercise. But there's yeah, like the like my class, huh? I think we had like we had like slides on that in this class. Yeah, it's probably very similar. So um, the acute phase, like three to four days after an injury, whether it's um, an accidental, like on the field or whatever, or uh, surgery, which is essentially like the same type of thing. A lot of uh, um, what is it? Like stress, kind of like fucking with all the structure, right? You have like the acute phase, three to four days. That's like the type of um, area where like pain is going to be the highest, and you might want to use ice to reduce that. Um, but then you get in like the repair phase, which is the inflammatory or um, 
post-inflammatory and six to six week uh, post-inflammatory. So it's like three to four days, just depending on the injury, to six weeks out. You don't want to do any kind of ice because um, you're just letting that repairing happen and letting that blood flow and all that kind of stuff happen and then remodeling, which is like like super down the line. Like uh, They didn't really get into that kind of stuff as much in this in this CEU class at least. But yeah, what what really um, and you know um, Squat University, Doctor Doctor Aaron Horsing, I think he's the guy that's been talking about that uh, talking about it a lot on how you how you really shouldn't ice unless it's like right after just to reduce pain. So yeah, hmm. I mean yeah, I, I ice probably like the first like two three days. I mean I feel like and what, what would really actually help more is just um, like it says on here, active range of motion. So just um, just like slight movement. So like, what was yours again? Knee. Knee. Yeah. So just like kind of just bending and letting it move and kind of stretching and flexing and letting all the structures in there, which is going to, when it moves, there's more blood flow to it, right? It's like when you exercise. You don't have a lot of blood in your extremities when you're just sitting at rest. It's mostly in your trunk and your brain and whatever. But when you exercise, you have more blood flow there. So you just want to keep it light, keep the movement not too heavy, not to create too much extra stress and re-aggravate and injure it, but enough to get more blood flow to get more nutrients and that kind of stuff. So, yeah. I agree, yeah. I mean, yeah. I don't even know where I was going with that. I mean, that, yeah, I mean, that's what I was kind of doing. Like, I did a little bit, you know, um, towards, like, the latter half of uh, last week, I just did, like, very minimal movement type stuff with my leg but I didn't do anything strenuous as far as any type of running or lifting mm -hmm. but I did just uh I did get some movement in my like movement. probably with that just like walking you know yeah like super chill like just you know not putting a ton of stress on it but just getting blood flow in there although um, I did go to jujitsu still so <laughs> and I tried to just roll around it roll around it yeah well, I mean, that could work, but then if you get in a shitty situation, then you're in the same type of spot, you know. I know. I mean, I purposely then, was, like, letting things go. I feel like it's putting my knee in too much strain. Yeah. But, yeah, it was super oh, weird the way it happened. But, yeah, I mean, it was, like, kind of, like, I was worried it was, like, my LCL. So it was kind of, like, warm after class. Like, my lateral well, part yeah. of my joint, you know. Like, that's, yeah. that usually is a sign of trauma to, like, the knee joint. Well, yeah, that's it's exactly, you know, it's in the acute, the acute phase where you yeah. have a lot of blood flow. It, 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 it gets hot. And you have a lot of extra blood flow, and then all the things are going there to repair it. Yeah. I mean, I just know... That, that, that's why people put ice on it, because it feels hot, and, and it's like... And it's like, oh, let me ice it to get this swelling and this and this heat down. But really, you're counteracting what you're trying to... What you want to do. Yeah. I'm just so scared of, like, tearing, like, a, a ligament in my knee. You know, it's yeah. like... I didn't hear a snap or anything, but, like, just like the other stuff was there. Like, the swelling, it felt warm. Like, it was... It was you know, like I kind of felt it a little bit. Uh, I mean, although you don't really like, feel it, you know, like, it could give out like, as far as like not bearing weight, but it's not really painful per se when you like you tear it, you know, mm -hmm. it, just, it gives out, but it wasn't like that. But like, I just know like the, like the signs of like a knee injury, you know, and it just seems like it was just like a, some micro trauma, you know, mm -hmm. but like, I, like, yeah, that just scares the crap out of me. You gotta be careful. Cause knee, that's such knees. a huge, that's such a huge setback. Yeah. Such like, I, I don't have time for that, you know? Yeah. So. Yeah, for I'm them. glad that it seems like it's okay. I mean, I'll run tomorrow and see if it swells up. Because I, I, last week I ran on Wednesday, and it swelled up after like a mile and a half. Um, and I just kind of chilled out after that. Mm -hmm. But yeah.
So as far as fitness and whatnot, that's I'm still doing my running, my swimming, just getting back into it. Um, doing minimal weightlifting, really. Uh, I've been trying to get my push-ups up, and I've kind of been doing like a, a few days of those where I do like sets of like 40 or 45, and I'm trying to get to like 250, like two, 260 push-ups in a session. Mm -hmm. um, and then I've also been working on like uh, like sub-maximal sets at like somewhere around 20% of my max, which is around 20 push-ups or so. Um, and I've just been working on like that stretch shortening cycle and just like trying to like be like explosive on that 20. Mm. So that, so that kind of helps too. Cool. Yeah. That's the only thing that's really been different with my uh, training. Nice. Yeah. That's cool. Um, just training for the triathlon. I have the 25th. Um, it's not a sprint. It's a little bit different. It's a mini triathlon. I wish they would just do a sprint, but a mini, it's just 50 miles, 50, not 50 miles, Jesus Christ, 50 meters more on the swim and then like 2.4 miles more on the bike and then that runs the same. But it's pretty much some similar. And so I'm going into peak week right now. This is my last like hard week of training. And then um, I'll have like a few more tra like hard like hard training. Like I'll do a brick workout and then like one more last hard swim. And then I'll have, I think I'm planned it like four days out of rest days. Just to um, just bring down all of the all the things and you know just kind of taper. And um, yeah, I've just been working, like I said before to you, been doing a lot of just sprinting, um, not sprinting, but like interval training at a pretty high intensity of cycling, running, and swimming at like uh, just kind of below my total amount of distance I'm going to be having to do in the triathlon and and a little bit longer rest or obviously longer rest intervals than I'll be doing in it because I'm not resting at all but like um rest intervals but like high intensity during those those work intervals and work on lactic threshold training so just trying to build up the metabolic acidosis in the muscles and teaching my body to just clear it as quickly as possible so um I've just been doing that for for everything so um Tomorrow is my first swim day in the big pool over at over at the Y because I've just been doing it at the McCormick pool just because I've been doing like shorter intervals and I don't really care that much. But tomorrow is like my first day with the suit on, um, doing like pretty pretty heavy stuff, and I'm looking forward to that because swimming in the suit, man, oh my god, bro, it's just like it's a world of difference. It's insane. Like you don't have to you don't have to you don't have to kick at all. It's insane. Which I've been kind of mimicking um, with my training currently, without the suit. I got a um, pool buoy. I don't know if you ever used one. Mm -hmm. So, um, right there. oh yeah, right there, perfect. Yeah. Uh, so I'll just do my like sprints and whatnot at the at the beginning, and then just to kind of finish it off, I'll do longer sets and just work on my breathing technique and just um, just just gassing out my arm or my arms and my back essentially. And not kicking at all using the pool buoy uh, for the swimming. Mm, just so I can just really focus on that force production and proper technique while I'm tired. And um, just been really enjoying training. I, 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 I just feel like I'm just drilling it at this intensity like so hard. Like my last cycling session was Wednesday. I mean, I was just, I felt just so fucking powerful. Like, it was insane. 
I was just drilling it on the bike for like for like an hour at like 80, 85%. It was insane. I just like, I, I felt like I could just keep going. Like it was insane. Um, so yeah. I feel that always feels good. Yeah. It's, it's a big, it's a big, um, confidence booster where you're, when you're just killing it in training. And I just, I attribute that to my programming. Like I, I love programming. I, th- I think I'm really good at it. So, um, yeah, you know, you, you can go out there and be a meathead and just kind of do what you feel. But like I have just a segmented where I start, like, like I explained a couple weeks ago, I start off with the anaerobic power and then anaerobic capacity. Now I'm getting that glycolytic lactate threshold training. And I'm going to peak at the race intensity that I want to be at. And I think it's going to go great. I'm excited for it. 25th. Yeah, the interval training really ch- ch- changes the game. You know, like, yeah. Like I, whenever I have to do it, though, like, I'm kind of driving to the riverbed. That's where I run. Mm-hmm. And I'm kind of like, fuck. Because, <laughs> you know, like, you got to put out when you're doing it, you know? Yeah, yeah. But, like, I mean, I've kind of been doing it for a few weeks now. I have to take a little bit of time off. But, like, it's been reflecting in my performance when I do, like, the mile and a half. And, for sure. For and, sure. like, from week to week, like, the the, like the like the quarter mile and the half miles that I do intervals with, like, I've been getting faster, you know? Mm-hmm. But, like, man, it's, it sucks when you're trying to push those quarter miles and, like, the half mile intervals you know like it, yeah it sucks but like you are your body is getting more efficient at it yeah but when you're doing it, it's like oh dude this is just hell like how am i supposed to get to you i i like it dude i fucking hate running that much i like it and especially um you know i'll, I'll get them for the camera but today i did my first running session with uh the weck method um pro pulse speed trainers for the camera for the camera um, so you hold these in your hand while you run, and you can hear that ball bearing thing in there. There's a bunch of them in there, and so it does a couple different things, but it's at like the audio feedback. So when you're pumping your arms, you're getting the right rhythm and cadence to your run. But then it also helps with your force production using your upper body. It's like it's like a compound lift kind of, you know, like that full body tension. You think of like when you're doing a deadlift or a, or like a squat. You know, it like those are lower body exercises, right? Exercises, right? But it's, that doesn't mean that you're not engaging your upper body, like scapular stability, core stability, and all those kind of things. So it really engages your upper body, and it really forces you to push down and pump your arms. And I was telling you before, my quads were trembling after my my interval training. I never felt that before after running, um, long distances, sprints, interval training. Um, it was pretty insane. So uh, I think these are going to help a lot in, in in my future endeavors with running. Um, WEC method, highly recommend. I wonder how heavy you can get before like it messes with your like your running technique. You know, because like, like with some things, like that's an issue. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's like, yeah, you don't, you don't need a ton of weight. Um, it's kind of like almost like egg weights when you, for like shadow boxing or something, you know? Mm-hmm. You, you don't, you don't need a need something super heavy it's yeah. just a little bit of resistance and to, to really force that full body tension and and using your whole body instead of just your lo- your legs when you run how many times a week are you using those on your runs well i this is my, yeah today was my first time using them oh. but um running i do two times a week you run two times a week yeah i okay. swim two times a week run two times a week and then i either um cycle once or twice a week kind of just depends on my lat on my on my um, 
I kind of give myself a flexible day on how my recovery is looking and whatnot. And if it's good, I'll go out and do a little bit. If not, I'll just let my body rest and just play golf and just keep it like an active recovery type of day. Is it two interval days of running or do you do one like long, slow, long, slow, steady distance? Um, no, I'm just steadily kind of been increasing um, intensity. So, like I said, I start off with the like just straight sprints, like 10 second intervals, and then I can't remember exactly how I segmented, but but then I went to like 30 seconds, and I just steadily increasing the um, the time that I've been running, and then just manipulating the rest to work work to rest ratios to make sure I'm like lactate threshold kind of, you know, and um, every time I've just slowly kind of been increasing the intensity. So I don't have a long day and then like a like a shorter day. I'm just slowly ramping it up every session. So yeah, that's how I've been doing it. And I, and I'm I'm trying to keep the 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 training. Uh, the training specific, the specific training for the triathlon shorter. Because I what I noticed is the first time I did it, I did like two months of like triathlon training, and I I felt burnt out. By like week five or six, and then I I kind of slacked a little bit on my last few weeks of training, which is the opposite of what you want to do. You want to be <laughs> ramping it up, right, and then taper and then peak, right. Um, so that's why I cut it down significantly. And expect and also with this one too, it's a it's a sprint distance as opposed to a longer endurance race. So. I felt like I didn't have need as much time to like prep my body for that specific race, you know. So uh, yeah, I don't know if any of that makes sense. No, yeah, I was just thinking like uh, because I know like there's a lot of like marathon training. Well, not, I'm just thinking about like because um, you said two months, but I was wondering if like because like I know like I'm sure for triathlon training, like maybe it gets out to like four months. Do you think like if you start off slower and then like Towards like the well, the yeah, I mean, half, like you ramped up considerably more. Like, you think you're doing too much the, too soon to burn out that quickly? Yeah, and just cut volume significantly and do like, I mean, or I have decent volume but low intensity. So I know, like, I mean, it is kind of around. Like, I hear like four months for like at least for like marathon training is pretty common. Well, marathon is, in, in my opinion, much different than a sprint triathlon because a marathon's about three hours, right? Yeah, I mean, and, from from a sprint triathlon, yeah. But what about like? Say a triathlon itself. So a triathlon, I don't know. Like my first time I did it, like I said, I took about two. two was it two months? Let me. I'm trying to think. Let but me, you came into that two months in pretty decent. Yeah, so. but see the thing is, um, yeah, just slowly kind of ramp it up. Is like the thing is, like I never not, I'm never not working out. You know, I'm always in pretty good shape. You yeah. know, so it's like, um, let me, uh, let me look this up. Was it this one? Nine, twelve, twenty. Yeah, yeah. It was eight weeks. Yeah, so did I did an eight week training program, and that was simply just too long because maybe I just. Oh wait, no, this says nothing on it. <laughs> Some plan, huh? Maybe that wasn't the one. Maybe it's this one. How many weeks was this? Yeah, month two. Yeah, okay. Oh, something else. Yeah, so it was, it was two months, eight weeks. So 
Um, what was your question again? I think I was asking about uh, duration of like your, oh, I think call it your training camp. Your uh, yeah, preseason training camp. Um, yeah, but I, was, I think I was saying like, uh, like I feel like it could be like longer for like a triathlon. Like I would, like, tr- like legitimate triathlon like athletes. I feel like would they do like what's common for them? You know, like I don't know because like a fight camp is anywhere from like say six to eight weeks, right? Fight yeah, camp Tri- uh, marathon training. I I mean, from what I've heard for, like, the recreational people who are trying to get into it, but, like, we, I mean, the marathon's pretty, like, but to take it serious, regardless, you know? Yeah. But it's kind of, like, four months, like, it'll be a four-month program, but you kind of have to, like, earn your right to do that program. Like, you have to be in decent shape to get to that four-month program, you know? I mean, yeah, four months is so long. I know, but from, like, going from, in four months, you can think you can go from, like, not running to running a marathon in a decent time, like, a, like a good if, time? If, I think four months is required at least if you're going from absolutely nothing. Yeah, but like to get like I'm not saying just to do the marathon. I'm saying to like get like a try, trying to break like a four hour marathon. Trying to break a four hour marathon. Yeah. Is that like an average like first timer kind of? No, not a first timer. No, it's not. What'd you do? I did four hours in one minute, but I was being aggressive with my first. Marathon. That was your first time. Yeah. Um. Wait, what was the question? If you're going for absolutely nothing, <laughs> we have too many like theoretical things going on. Yeah, here, if yeah. you're going for absolutely nothing to trying to get a four-hour marathon, yeah, you need four months. You probably need more than that. Um, well, I guess it just kind of depends on your body, your your body composition too. You yeah, know, yeah. there's a there's lot of fa- fa- there's too many factors. There's a lot of factors. Like I don't know. I, I I've never done a marathon, so I don't really know. You know. Yeah. I want to do one eventually. Um. I don't. <laughs> I I want to do a halfy first, yeah. but like, um, I, I'm just really into triathlons right now, so it's kind of like, eh. and I I don't like running as much really. Yeah, I mean it's cool for like the challenge sake, you know. But as far as like, like I'm obviously I run and I, at times I, I I do like it, but like I always like running for like sport. Yeah, you know, like I I'm not I don't that, really just run to run type thing. Yeah, and I mean, I don't know. You can kind of look at triathlon as a sport. You know, yeah. it is a sport. That's yeah. that's why I don't run just to run, really. I I, run I mean, it. marathon is a, is a sport too, but it's just specific yeah. to that's true. Just running. The only variable is running. That's yeah. There's no other like kind of elements to it. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I don't know. I. I uh, it's just like the the good thing you have going for you is that like building aerobic capacity is like the easiest, probably the easiest physiological change you can make in your body. Of like. Like building strength, flexibility, hypertrophy, um, body composition, like cardiovascular fitness is probably the easiest adaptation to make. Would you say? Yeah, but you're saying like, like with an emphasis on like aerobic base or like aerobic conditioning, because like when you're doing like lactate threshold training, like that shit's like pretty intense. That's that's different. Like you're not going to be doing lactate threshold training for a marathon if you're just a casual and just trying to go out there and be, do a four hour marathon. That's, well, I mean, that's yeah. not the type of training you want to be doing. You want you want to be doing like, yeah, just aerobic base training. Well, it's still recommended to do like some like interval training, like to do like quicker than your pace that you're going to be running. Yeah, I mean that's like when you really want to start pushing the pace in a cardiovascular event. That's what you have to do because your cardio you can you can only your your lungs can only take in so much oxygen and then put in your blood to get to your brain and your muscles right. 
and then it just reaches a, a peak and then it's just you can't do it anymore right and um you know the average person just going out and doing a marathon it's the first time they're prob they're probably not reaching that really honestly no i would say I'm, i don't really know yeah. i would just assume um but if you really want to push the pace and get faster times in any kind of aerobic exercise aerobic events you're gonna have to do lactate threshold training that's what that's what sets people apart not your aerobic base because everyone has an amazing aerobic base when they're out doing that right like any kind of like olympic athlete that does any aerobic exercise um they're all maxed out on that it's just how fast can you clear metabolic acidosis and and just keep your heart rate at like that insane like 85 90 maybe 90 yeah. percent for, for for however long you need to do it it's right? so impressive and it's just that's 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 what it is you got to be able to do that um super impressive and it's super interesting it's pretty wild it's just like it's you're just you're just redlining so hard it's insane <laughs> uh yeah man so um speaking of that like the pinnacle of sports of triathlons where did my notes go no uh i um so i so i'm doing the the ymca sprint oh, mini triathlon the 25th and then i was planning on doing the herbalife triathlon the full triathlon um like a month after that but it ended up getting rescheduled again and basically basically pushed back to where it was supposed to happen last year um october late october i'm probably gonna do that one but i haven't officially signed up for it but they're having the legacy sprint triathlon july 17th i'm not sure if it's the 17th or 18th but it's sometime that weekend down on long beach it's an open water swim out in the ocean uh long beach so there's not really any waves but whatever um and i'm doing that one for sure i signed up for so i'm pretty excited for that um but i decided because i was a little nervous i was like oh fuck that's like legit like legit <laughs> legit you know I was like, am I going to be able to hang out there with people? So I looked up times. Obviously, there was no 2021, right, because of COVID. But I looked up 2019 times. And did I talk to you about this already? No. Okay. So uh, the guy that won it. So a sprint triathlon. Oh, I think I did, you right? you mentioned this part. Yeah. Know. A sprint triathlon, like, it's half the Olympics. So it's it's a 750-meter swim, a 12.4-mile bike ride, and then a 5K. And like I'm shooting for an hour twenty. That's what that's what my goal is. And the guy that won it in 2019 did it in less than an hour, which is fucking bananas. His name's Joe Maloy, M A L O Y. I don't know how to pronounce it. Um, but he won that event. And then I was like, fuck, dude, that's insane. Like, is this just like a regular ass dude that like works, you know, fucking at accounting at like whatever, you know? So I looked him up, and he actually was the team leader for the u.s team in the triathlon for the 2016 rio de janeiro olympics mm -hmm. and he got 23rd in that in that event he was the fastest american i was like holy shit and he's just like out there doing it with like people like me i was like yikes but um but for like my i looked up my like age range you know and um i mean it would be hard pressed for me to win my age based on like the kids that that did it i can't remember exactly but I'll I'll be I'll be I'll look be looking pretty good if I get if I if I hit my goal like hour twenty which I think I can do. Um, what was the so, slower times? 
I don't even I don't even really know. Do I have it right here? I think I actually have it right here. Yeah, right, right here, perfect. So for overall, uh, yeah, or sure. well, yeah, this guy Joe, like I said, he did it in fifty-five minutes. Um, there was there was seven hundred eighty-seven participants, so I don't know how to like go. Um, to like look at like slower times, but I mean like. Oh, here we go. Wait no. Like, we'll just go to the bottom of here. So, like, the 40th place person got 111. Oh, there's, there's pages right there at the bottom. Yeah. I mean, where do you want me to go? I don't know exactly. Like, go, like, I seven get... or something. Okay. Oh, shit. What happened? Reload that. Page seven? Yeah. Oh, yeah, I guess there's 20 pages. So, like, yeah, so, like, the seventh page... Like the top of it's two hundred fortieth person. They got one hour and twenty eight minutes. I could beat that. Hundred percent. That's still in the upper half, though, of people willing to do a. Yeah, that's definitely upper half. I get. I guess if we could look at the exact half, so that's like three three fifty. Yeah. Approximately. Yeah, so this is 360, and they got an, an hour and 38 minutes. So that's about halfway, and they got an hour and 38. I could high percent beat that, no doubt. Um, yeah, so it's pretty interesting. So, but what my plan was is like, I think I, I told you about it. I want to get into training triathletes because I, like I said, I think I'm really good at the programming, and I understand physiologically what's like required. I might not be like at the pinnacle of sport and like me me physically competing, you know, and I'm just kind of getting into it and I hope to get better and I plan to. But I think with my kinesiology background, I understand like what needs to happen to like get the best performance possible. So I just started like going down the list of um, these people. I just started going down, looking at all the names and I was looking on Instagram, they had an Instagram page. And I started DMing people. Did you? <laughs> yeah. I was like, I got to like around like 20 or so. I need to keep going. But I just started DMing people and I was like, hey, if you're interested, like I, I was like, I'll coach you for free. Like, I don't give a fuck. Like, um, if you're interested, let me know. I was going to say like, it, I mean, it's, it's cool because it's in, like a niche, you know, mm -hmm. like it might be hard because like, I feel maybe because like these people are more likely to be like into or at least like follow some sort of programmed like legitimate program because it's like a it's like it's no small matter to do a triathlon like you're probably gonna yeah. be on some sort of program or I, or yeah, if you do I mean, it regularly like you probably like kind of know how to do it a little bit yourself too yeah you know? yeah other for sure. you like went started from like the bottom up like maybe like got some of the casuals who just were getting into it yeah like, that, that's what i was thinking too because a lot like i was starting off here and i was like that was the first guy, Joe. And I was like, well, that's fucking ridiculous if I asked to coach him, right? He, like, probably coaches people how, yeah. how to do triathlons, right? Yeah. But I was like, let me just start from the top and just start going down. Like, whatever. Just, you miss 100% of the shots you don't pick, right? Yeah. So, so like, you know, even if I don't, because I haven't gotten responses back from the people I have at the end. You probably but, start getting more from, like, the, the bottom first. Yeah. But then maybe, like, I, I just, yeah. You never, you never know, you know? So, I, I'm yeah. just going to keep going down and just... It's a lot of people, you know, a lot of them don't really have Instagram pages or I just couldn't find them or whatever, but, um, just reaching out to people and then, 
you know, I, I reached out to the tri the local triathlon shop that I that I get a lot of my stuff from, and I put my business cards in there. Uh, and they have this thing called tr the Try It Out program, and they said they're going to start it back up soon because triathlons are starting to pick back up. And it's like prep people to do triathlons. So I was like, let me, you know, come and like teach and explain things to people. And they were down for that. So hopefully I'll be starting soon. And then people like me, you know, they might ask for individual help and start doing that. That's what I'm going to get into. Um, so yeah. Oh, yeah. And then also uh, for the, the Herbalife one, do I have that up here anymore? No. I have 8 million tabs open. But the Herbalife one um, on their website, they're supposed to have like pre-written programs out for people like – for like beginner and intermediate advanced um to download and like follow along with you know and but there wasn't any up there so i was like hmm that's that's like literally straight up my fucking alley like triathlons and then also programming so i was like i emailed them i was like hey uh i see you guys don't have any of your downloadable programs up there yet if you'd be interested uh i'll just write it for free for, like a beginner and intermediate advanced if i can put, just put my logo and my contact info on there and just throw it up there I got a response. To that. <laughs> That's good, though. I mean, at least. Yeah, I was like, I'll like, I'll for sure do that. And then, same idea. Like, people download it and they, they they follow along with it. At the very least, they just do it and then they see I made it and maybe they'll follow me on Instagram or whatever. But say they want more individual help to say like they're just struggling or whatever may be the case, they get some individual training, and that would be great for me. That's that's the idea. So hopefully that works out too. That's legit. That's the way to do it. You only need a few of those to hit. Yeah. And you start building some, some brand, you know? Yeah, yeah. And then this guy, yeah, Joe uh, Malloy or whatever. I, yeah, like I said, I, I DM'd him too, but I thought it would be ridiculous to ask to coach him. So I just, I noticed he had lots of pretty cool sponsors. Like, um, who the fuck sponsored him? Roca and um, Brooks and a few other sponsorships. I was like, dude, if I can get sponsored by fucking Broca, you know, that'd be sick. Um, or whatever company, Whoop. I love Whoop. I reached out to the affiliate program, denied me. That's all right. I think I told you about that. Yeah. It is what it is. Um, they spot they sponsor Alex Honnold though. So I was like, what the fuck, bro? Yeah, he's out there just climbing rocks. Uh, what was I saying though? I don't even know what the point. Writing programs and budget. Yeah, writing programs. Oh, yeah, getting sponsored. I asked him kind of how he went about, like, getting sponsorships and stuff. And then um, I also asked him about training, but he kind of didn't really answer that question. He just answered the sponsorship. He said he was in it for, like, 10-plus years of just doing triathlons and, like, competing and stuff before brands really, like, wanted to, like, fuck with them and and use them as kind of, like, a representative for their brand, yeah. you know? So I was like, shit, dog. That's, that's, that's wild, you know? That's some commitment. <laughs> And, like, I think I told you, he's, like, the pinnacle of the sport in the United States of America. And he only had, like, 5,000 Instagram followers. So I was like, Jesus Christ. That's pretty wild. I know. It's kind of hard when you see, like, some, like, baseball and basketball, like, all those athletes and, like, the recognition and, like, the pay they get. Yeah. And, like, you see, like you're looking at that and, like, I kind of look at jiu-jitsu a little bit. You yeah. Jiu-jitsu is similar to triathlons. It's, like, a pretty low-tier yeah. kind of sport. Jiu-jitsu is getting more and more popular. And it is. It's kind of, like, it's kind of been exponential over the past, really since, like, the, like, the early 2000s. It's been a little bit more exponential. For sure. But it's still, like, uh, like, Gordon Ryan, like, he's, he's a millionaire, you know, like, there's a, but, like, 
And maybe maybe Craig Jones, maybe. But as far as like the guys, I don't who, know who Craig Jones yeah, is. Yeah, but as far as like the guys who are like, yeah, like there's it's still not making people rich, you know. Yeah, definitely. So, but that just that just kind of uh, really illustrates to me that like I want to compete and do the best I can in the sport, but like what I really need to focus on has been honestly I hate to say it, but like more of an influencer type, you know. Because I feel like there's definitely people that are at the pinnacle of the sport of like there's like people that you wouldn't really know, but I like to follow in cycling and triathlons and stuff that that aren't like the super elite level people, but they have a big social media following and and have those kind of that reach and that the sponsorships mm-hmm. and those kind of stuff. So that's why like once school ends, um, I gotta just really focus on that and. I actually just thought about that right kind of as we brought up the triathlon training because training, this is my peak week and I was planning on documenting all of it and recording it and then I realized I didn't even record anything today while I was training so I was like fuck alright I already missed that one day I know what you so, mean though, about those um, type of people who are like they're not necessarily like high level athletes in the sport but they're big in the community yeah big, yeah big in the community is like it seems to be kind of the move you know it's more attainable more attainable yeah. and you just it's just like I hate to say it, but you just don't have to put the same kind of, like, commit your whole life to something um, to be recognized, I guess, you know? Yeah, I mean, you don't have to be the athlete. I mean, you probably, you're going to be participating in the sport, but, like, you're also providing information. You know, you're still, yeah. It's your trade and, type of thing. And, like, I feel like I could do that more than, more of, like, the information side of it, too, because of my kinesiology background. And then I also participate in the sport and I have, like, the practical knowledge, too. Especially as I do it more into the years and get more experience doing that, you know? So, yeah. Anyways, that's it on that. Been rambling. It's 37 minutes, fucking Christ. Uh, so, yeah, that's it there. Legacy Triathlon. Uh, Pro Pulse. That's it there. Um, Alright, cool. I mean, that's it. One, one other thing before we get into current events is... So, one of my long-term, long-time clients that I've had. She's been working with me with, with, uh, can't talk. Working with me for quite a while, for a little over two years now. And when she first came to me, she had osteoporosis. She got diagnosed with that. And um, I remember kind of explaining how resistance training helps with that and like re- reducing bone loss and even kind of reversing it if you've got the proper diet, taking like calcium and I think it's vitamin K. Is vitamin K that helps with that, or is it vitamin D? I think it's vitamin D. I, don't mean vitamin. I think vitamin D and calcium, and then strength training, put the put the um, stress on the bones to help them grow back, be strong, you know. And she uh, was asking me to make a letter and bring it to her doctor next time she goes into a physical. Uh, basically, kind of outlining what we've been doing her like training for the last two and a little bit of a year um to show the doctor and i was like uh, if you could like put on like like a company letterhead or something or another and make it look official i was like all right cool so it was pretty it was pretty fun i made like a letterhead kind of thing through canva and like wrote out this this shit um trying to sound like super Articulate. Yeah, articulate and educated. Now I was like, oh, you know, like this seven functional movement patterns, and I was talking about balance and like foot stability and core stability and proprioception and fucking the three planes of motion, this, that, and the other, you know, and all, all the kinds of shit we do, you know, yeah. activities of daily living, you yeah. know. 
Buzz um, terms. Yeah, yeah. So I just like flipped that together. So I thought that was fun. But yeah, it's like that's exciting for me. Like kind of being more recognized as like almost kind of like a hair, healthcare professional. Um, cause that's, I mean, that's really what you're doing. Like your doctor, like, isn't helping you really with that osteoporosis or whatever. They just tell you like, take this medication or whatever and then send you on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Good luck. You know, see you in six months. Yeah, exactly. Or I feel like with the clients that we work with, you can really kind of help them get through those things. So you see them once, twice, three times a week. And, um, yeah, I'm excited for her to go back and have them check her bone mineral density and, see what it's looking like compared to last time that, be, that is she, exciting that, yeah has she has she given them the letter yet or you... no she's gonna go into do our physical in like the next month or so yeah but i was like just pretty jazzed so i just wrote that shit up real quick for her um cool. yeah anyways that's it there all right uh for current events what time we got we got plenty of time um this is a little old now i meant to bring it up last week but i didn't have time but the clarissa shields jerry uh, appearance if you're unfamiliar, she is uh, a multi-time, multi-weight women's boxing champion. I mean, she just, she just beats the shit out of everyone, and she she's got the she has two gold medals in boxing. I think she's the, maybe the only boxer to do that. I think she might be the only boxer to do that. I can't think of another box. Maybe maybe just American boxer. Anyways, she was on the JRE, and you know it was very interesting because uh, I think it was two weeks ago now we talked about MMA athletes that train. I think they overtrain themselves and are just just constantly get hurt and this that and the other and going to the going to fights compromised. And she was talking about training intensity and frequency and then taking days off and like listening to her body. She doesn't listen to uh, wear a whoop strap, but she said. She she actually when she was training at the um, the U.S. Olympic Center in Colorado, she she wouldn't do sprints. They told her to do sprints and she wouldn't do them. She got fined. They fined her for not doing sprints in training. She was like, "Fuck this shit!" Like I'm not. She was already a very well established boxer at that point, you know. She was competing in the Olympics, and the trainers said to do some sprints. And I think that's really smart. Like, I more people should listen to her and be more intuitive instead of just being a meathead and just being like, oh, this is what I got to do and I'm just going to get it done, you know? Just uh, to maybe hold back on days. And she said she gets uh, massages like three times a week pretty regularly. Do you ever get massages? I've never gotten one, but I want to. Yeah, I was actually talking to a client about it. She... She goes to like a chain called Massage Envy, and um, she doesn't live like around here that much. But she, there's a, like a chain closer to her house, and but she said there was one actually right near us by the in the trap or the the Long Beach Town Center. I was like thinking about. She said she has a membership, and I was yeah, like thinking yeah. about doing the membership and trying to get like maybe once every other week or something like that. Because I was like, there's no point in me training like. There's no reason I shouldn't be doing it to just help with my recovery and whatnot since I train so much. I was like, I should look into that. Yeah. But anyways. I mean, I've been stockpiling like various forms of like uh, recovery tools and whatnot between my compression pants, my so You got those? Yeah. 
my sorette I just got. Yeah. My gun, my lacrosse ball. Yeah. The next one I want to invest in is those um those those dots, those power dot things, the electrical impulses. Oh yeah. That's actually another thing that um Dr. Aaron Horsing Squat University said is good for post uh, injury or surgery. It, it's the same idea as like motion and whatever is that electrical impulse that stimulation would be more beneficial than ice it's those power dot things so anyways but those are a little expensive all that type of stuff though like the whole like physiology behind it all is super interesting you know yeah yeah it's kind of like it's kind of fun for sure for sure and recovery is just so huge for training it's like muy importante yeah I feel like my, my recovery as far as like my sleep and my diet is pretty decent. Or, but as you say, um, as far as like my sleep and whatnot, but I feel like if I could just eat more, like that would also like, that help my recovery. I guess. Yeah, more protein. Just, yeah, just more food to heal my body. <laughs> what, are you, what, is, what are you doing for like protein intake? Uh, shoot, I mean, I'm not even tracking it at the moment. But like, what are you eating? Uh, I mean, in the morning, it's usually some sort of, like, a protein shake and banana type thing. And then maybe if I'm home, if I'm not working, there's eggs for, like, a second type breakfast type thing. Um, with some, you know, some fruit, maybe some juice. I don't have a toaster at the moment, so no type of toast or nothing like that. And lunch comes around, it's some sort of meat and rice or pasta or something like that, you know. Yeah. Today's a chicken bowl. And some days are better than others. It just depends, like, I feel like if I would spend money like every single day on one meal like that would really supplement my diet overall and kind of bridge the gap what do you mean like today i got flame broiler you yeah. know um because like i have the same like like rice plain rice plain beef yeah. <laughs> you know like, i just have bullshit in there i've eaten you know that's good yeah but like, i don't have enough that's all you need yeah but you get burnt out on it i guess i get burnt out on it yeah yeah I mean, yeah, I mean, protein. Yeah, protein. but I think I'm, ba- I don't, I'm around 160 now, I think. I don't know if I've gotten under, I'm going to be pissed if I get back down to like 159 now. I'm like, last time I weighed myself, I was 162. Yeah? It's the lightest I've been in like three, four years. That's pretty light for you, because I remember you talking about being like 175 or something. Like, yeah. 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 I've been, I've been just slowly cutting weight, just nice and easy. Like, I don't feel like weak. And my my training still been been like solid. I just I, like today like running. I just felt just like just super light. Like it especially helps with my running. Um, a little bit with my cycling, just being lighter, you know, yeah. uh, just less mass to move, you know. So um, and still not losing like a ton of like muscle. Like I still feel pretty like solid and, and strong, you know still look good i don't it's not like my first track one where i just felt just like depleted um and I, you know what at that time I, I was really all i was trying i was trying to cut weight and really all i was trying to do was or not i wasn't even really trying to cut weight i was just eating a lot of calorically dense food but i wasn't like super satiated and i was just trying to drop weight essentially through through just my training i just feel way better this time around yeah pretty interesting yeah Anyways. the whole part of it, it you know yeah I mean, I, it's all interesting you know like when you have like a real legitimate program and you're trying to like balance all like the pieces between training diet 
and recovery. You know? Yeah. It's, it's like a little game you're trying to play. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It's I, engage, I, you know? Uh-huh. It's kind of interesting when you try to explain like how to like auto-regulate and like gauge your body to like other people. You it know? takes years. It, it takes a while. It, it, it really takes, takes a while of like legitimate like, I mean, you, and you also have to be doing enough to like really like require that or yeah. deserve to like, well, I should wind down because too far too many people, like if you talk to this like a casual person, like they'd be like, oh, I don't want to go to the gym today. Like, I need I, my body kind of needs to chill out, you know. I kind of need to, but like they're only going to the gym two or three times a week, and that's it. Yeah. So they're not doing any running, swimming, anything else on top of it, you know. No. But it's like when you're trying to do something like legitimately hard or really pushing, like like I don't know, like six. I mean, I guess if it's by six, but like six to like thirteen sessions a week of training, like you really got to be on, you know, yeah, be on top of it. That's kind of where I'm at, like six. But when I'm doing like less intense stuff, like more like weight training and whatnot, to probably more like nine. Sure. I'll, I'll lift. Well, maybe like eight to nine. At least that. At least that. Because I was like weight training and then like cycling three times a week. So yeah. Yeah, I'm up. probably average eleven to thirteen. <laughs> Uh, yeah, that's what I'm saying. You, 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 you've been going wild lately, just getting ready for the night, baby yeah. stuff. I mean, I got to, and I don't want to give up jujitsu. So, you know. Yeah, yeah, and you're doing jujitsu too. Yeah, I mean, I, that that that's in those eleven to thirteen, but still tough. Yeah, that's a lot. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, some people are just bitches, and they're just like, you know. Yeah. Can't handle. I it. know plenty of them. Yeah, man. People are weak out there. But, um, <laughs> uh, what were we talking about? Halle Berry doing boxing. Huh? What's this chick's name? Halle Berry. <laughs> oh, yeah. The Closer Shields. No, that's yeah. that's all I had to say on that. I forgot the Matt Frazier. Did you watch, listen to that one? Mm-mm. I wrote it down, but I don't really have anything memorable to talk about. Did about you it. watch the uh, Ronnie Coleman thing on Netflix? Have you seen that? No. But, I mean, I know what's going on with them. It's just a Ronnie Coleman like documentary. Yeah. Kind of cool. I, is it like talking about all of his like injuries? And, I mean, yeah. Or? I mean, it's kind of it's going back and forth between like current events, like him with the doctors, and it's, you know, flashing back to like him and his prime and just kind of explaining like the history. Yeah. I mean, it was entertaining, you know, like an hour and 20 minutes or whatever it was, but. Was it on Netflix? Yeah. I should, I should watch it. Yeah, it's kind of cool. Yeah. I mean, Ronnie Coleman, he's a he's a legend. But man, dude, that guy's size was nuts. <laughs> like, he's free. so. He's so. He was just so fucking. It yeah, make sense. But it was kind of it was interesting. Like you do notice, like when he was getting like uh, too big, you know, like it wasn't like uh, like the latter half. Like he was like it wasn't as like the quality, like as far as like his like his physique, like the shape. Like he was just like the proportions wise, you know. Yeah. And I don't know if that was just because of like the increase in steroids and whatnot, and like what's that like that gut thing that they be getting? The bubble gut. Yeah, I mean he didn't necessarily. That's have, like, from like HGH, no. He didn't necessarily have like a bad bubble gut, like some of the guys you see do, but like. Is like a no. I don't think that was his era. I don't think like they really had HGH back then like that. But it's just like his. Uh, he didn't have in his latter years. It didn't look like he had like as good as like a V taper as like he did in his earlier years. Yeah. You know. I mean, he was just so big. Like they were saying that like in the uh, like the judges in the documentary, they were saying he was just so big that like they were scoring really just on his pure size, yeah. as opposed to like the size and like the shape, like his physique, you know, his conditioning. I think I think they call it shape. Or size and uh, conditioning. Yeah, yeah. I think those are, like two metrics that they yeah. kind of go off of. I, I mean, I don't really know anything about bodybuilding uh, judging, really. But um, 
but yeah, I, I, I mean, with the, like just like the Olympia and that kind of stuff, I don't know, because it's just like some guys just physically can't get that big, you know. So I don't feel like you should really just do it on size. Like I feel like you still have to be, yeah, yeah, like proportions and then you know, like waist to hip ratio and like those kind of things. Those like those those are things like everyone can um can can really affect in their physique. Like that's what I've noticed a lot with my weight loss is my waist to hip ratio is fucking insane. Like I didn't realize how much like weight I held right here in my hips. Well, I knew I always held a lot of weight in my low back, and I still like don't have not really lost a lot of that but my waist like i'm i yeah it's crazy yeah i've noticed that a lot like when i get out of the sauna at the end of the day um when i've like lost all that water weight i look fucking insane <laughs> i'll be honest i'll, I'll like it, it's like for like 10 minutes and then i rehydrate and i'm like back to kind of like normal but like like the veins in my like my arms and my shoulders and like right in here you know mm-hmm it's fucking bananas, dude. I wish I could just keep that constantly. But it's just impossible for my training that I'm doing right now. Um, but anyways, what are we talking about? Bodybuilding. Yeah. I was just, another thing that's kind of like related, I was just going to say, like, it's crazy, like, how um, prevalent, like, SARMs is now. Like, with, like, the younger generation. Yeah, I need some more research on that. Because, like, I keep seeing them around and about. But even on, like, say, like, my TikTok, like, they pop, be popping up now, like, Kind of like, uh-huh. like it's kind of like a little fad type thing, you know? Yeah. But it's like, man. Well, like, yeah, because like, you know, a lot of those guys like Isaiah Miranda and um, what's the other guys? Bryce Hall and a few others, TikTok type kids or whatever. I don't even follow any of them. I don't have TikTok. But they do all that kind of shit and they're, you know. And noise impre- with- impressionable kids will do kind of things because yeah. they think that's what will get them in a good physique. I just hate it because it's like, like you're cheating the system you know like yeah you worked out like you didn't really put in all the work like you're not legitimate well i don't i don't i don't mind if people do them it's just when you lie about it yeah that's that's fair too i guess because there's plenty of people i really respect in 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 the fitness industry and have really good information and have good physiques and either they're they they're open about it and they say they do them or they just don't really acknowledge it and but they don't say they don't do them yeah yeah, I agree with that. Yeah. If you just if you just kind of like don't acknowledge it and you obviously look enhanced, then it's just like okay, you know. If you're denying it, but if you yeah, if you're denying it, it's like that's that becomes a problem to me. Yeah. Personally. Um, and if you're open about it, you know, but like it's hard for a lot of people to be open about. It. Like, I think I brought this up a few a few episodes ago, but like Steffi Cohen or a lot of just a lot of chicks, like super muscular chicks. It's it's probably weird to you know for like a really hot girl that's like muscular and like looks really good to be like yeah I'm on Winstrol or something like a steroid you know for like sponsors and just like the general perception of you because mm-hmm. you don't think of pretty girls of like taking steroids right yeah you know um so. Just not acknowledging it, but also not, but not lying about it. Um, I'm fine with that personally. Personally, like, I don't think like like I've kind of like, I've thought about it. like I couldn't really see myself like taking steroids like per se for like the normal. But like I've thought about like well like later on in life like 
like, I, and I haven't come to a conclusion at all, but like, it, like it'd be more like testosterone replacement therapy. Yeah. Like that's, I mean, that's something I, like, I thought, I'm not sure where I'm at now, but like that, I could, that's at least open, you know? For sure. I mean, I, I've heard Joe Rogan talk about it. It's like, you just, your body doesn't produce it like it should. So it's like, you're like, are you just happy with your body not working as good as it could be? Yeah. Essentially kind of what it comes down to. And I wouldn't get like flagrant with it and just, you know, be going crazy. But like if, if my body just wasn't like producing it like it should, like Trying I would like it. Baseline. Yeah, just baseline, you know. Well, who knows? I mean, you know, yeah, I, yeah. I don't know. I'm, I might get, get into a bodybuilding phase and want to get super massive eventually, maybe. I don't know. You just, um, just start pumping. Yeah. Just start fuck pumping. Fuck it. But like, anything but, and as much as you can. No. Rich Piana. And just no. No. Because <laughs> like, like um, what Doucette always talks about, it's like, you got to consider your health and like what these things do long term to your body. Well, I know and, Mike Isabel's um, like, uses pretty minimal amounts. Yeah. And, um, but it's tough because like, I can already kind of feel like just being in the fitness industry and just being surrounded by it and social media constantly is my body or like my brain just kind of developed this body dysmorphia where it's like I, I didn't even really feel like I had that kind of problem but like when you're just inundated with it constantly of like amazing looking people constantly it's like oh like you you like think like I gotta look like that you know but it's just like yeah um it's just it's just not like what my what my objective is in life to look insane for the gram, you know? I'd rather compete in, like, sports that I like and have, like, a, 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 a like an average to above-average-looking body, you know? But, like, if I start taking steroids like that and going down that rabbit hole, frankly, I don't know if I can, like, control it, <laughs> you know? Because <laughs> I could do it? Yeah, you could get addicted to that kind of how you look, and especially if you have... accelerated rate, too. Yeah, and if you have already that... that um, what's the word? Pre, um, disposition. I, yeah, there you go. Predisposition to a body dysmorphia and like comparing yourself to others. And then, you know, you can go down a weird rabbit hole. But I don't know. So, I mean, we've kind of talked about before in the, in the subject, but like, it's like, as far as like fitness influencers and whatnot, like they could just be like some guy with like a really nice physique, like he's on juice and like, he just doesn't really know what he's doing too much. And then you have like a, a good Instagram post where it's like you with like your nice decent natural physique but like in your comment like or in your your post like the quality of your information is like so like so sound and like really astute and really like knowledgeable you know mm -hmm. but like you're not going to get the same recognition just because you're not the yeah. juiced guy with the crazy physique whereas yeah. like your information is the stuff that's actually going to help people you know yeah. that's kind of like the unfortunate part yeah figuring out that social media so I mean you still can't get a really good physique natural but it's it's hard. Yeah, it's hard, and it's it's, it's not really comparable to like the guys who have decent genetics and juice, yeah. you know. Yeah. And that's all they do is they just hit the gym and they're like you know, influencer type. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. they don't. Yeah, they don't do anything else. It's like I don't know. I'd like to do more with exercise, and like I said, just look good for the gram. I don't know. It's weird. But anyways, we get on that topic. Yeah. I don't know how we got on that topic. Gonna, how much longer do I go for? Yeah. I got two more topics. Yeah, two more topics. All right, we'll, we'll talk about the Jeff Nippard podcast. Did you listen at all? No. So it was about bulking. So it was like the the whole kind of 
um, idea behind it was like, should you bulk? What was it? I didn't fucking remember. At a lower body fat percentage or a higher? Yeah, based on P ratios. So, a high P ratio means is good, I believe, right? That right P ratio? I can't remember. Um. Yeah, I think a good P ratio, and I've never even actually heard this term or knew much about it, but a P ratio is essentially the amount of nutrients that go into your muscles versus nutrients that go into your fat. I didn't even really consider this. I don't know. But, um, yeah, being at, being being fatter and starting like a bulk, would that affect your P ratios or, or vice versa, you know? So, um... Because I've heard that it's easier to gain muscle when you're at, when you do have a little bit of a higher body fat percentage. Yeah, but I think Nippard was saying the opposite of that, right? I mean, I don't know because I was gonna say like I, I know that, there were some people on this uh, discussion who had, who believed otherwise. Like I think that guy Menno. Yeah. I think he's kind of more proponent of being, like, staying at a leaner. Well, dude, honestly, frankly, I didn't even get that part. So I'll just I'll just kind of sum up what like Isertel said, and I think there's some interesting points. Twenty percent or or higher. Um, of body fat percentage, and then you could add like around eight to nine percent for women, because um, women just have higher body fat percentages. So, but I'll just all the percentages I'll just go by by men, and then just add like eight to nine percent for women. So twenty percent plus um, body fat percentage, blood work and health prognosis looked worse, and the higher up you went, it was just exponentially worse. Yeah, that's yeah. Um, and then when you gain fat cells. Um, it wasn't a hundred percent certain, but it looked like it was pretty much permanent. Once you get fat, those fat cells are pretty much permanent with you. And then you have that adipose tissue and then you're, you're holding more ghrelin, the hormone ghrelin because of fat cells, that's where it is and this, that, and the other. So you're likely to get more fat increases in the future. Um, permanently fucks up your appetite regulation. Um, and Isertel said that as analysis of obesity literature is when you're obese, um, which is what, 30% or higher body fat percentage? Um, it, yeah, permanently fucks you up your appetite regulation, which was, is essentially the ghrelin kind of thing. Um, and then another disadvantage of being super big is loose uh, skin that can only be removed. I think of that one kid, I don't know if you've ever seen him on, on Instagram or whatever, uh, the obese to beasts kid. I don't know. I mean, I've seen some guys who like who've lost a b- lot of weight and then they have yeah. just the skin, you know. And like that's shitty because you know, essentially the only way to get get that loose skin removed is through surgery. Um, when you bulk up really big and then get super lean, um, and then at higher body fat percentages, you have just a poor work capacity. So um, there's that to consider just because you're, you're just holding on a lot more mass and so you're probably not doing as much cardiovascular exercise and you're just, your conditioning is worse. Um, so that's, that's, you have to consider that too. Uh, okay, yeah, harder because you have less energy but also, okay, yeah, so as opposed to like cutting as opposed to bulking. Um, it, it is harder because um, if you're cutting because you have less energy but also it counteracts that because you are in better shape, which I've experienced too. Um, when I started doing a lot more cardio and, and getting in better shape, 
your, your weightlifting improves significantly. And I'm not even at this kind of like 20% plus um, five fat centers. I'm not even close. So I can't even imagine. Um, I This is interesting that, as I said, those new clients shouldn't go straight to losing a ton of weight and just recomping. So just trying to get physical, just like weight training and building muscle, and you're just probably going to drop body fat percentage anyways, um, which makes sense. That's what I tried to focus on with Maria initially. Yeah, that's like, actually, that's a good point, because I wanted to bring that up. Um, that's exactly what she did with her. So that's, you know, that's cool. If in 20 to 30% range, give six months to a year to get down to 20 to 10 and see how health and fitness improve. Was um was his recommendation, um and then the road back up down from fifteen percent plus is much longer and fatiguing. Wait, what does that mean? Road back down from fifteen. Oh, so so this is more like a bodybuilding aspect. If you're fifteen percent plus, and um you're trying to cut because when you're bodybuilding, you're trying to cut to extremely low body fat percentage around like five percent. Plus or minus a couple percent, depending on depending on how hard you want to diet and whatnot. Um, if you're higher than fifteen plus percent, it the um it's just quite it's just a bit. huh it's quite a bit to cut. Yeah, it's for it's it's, it's going to be really long. And it's going to be really fatiguing, and also psychologically very challenging too. And that's why um and so take this all into consideration. And then P ratio is is essentially kind of the same for fatter and leaner people. So I was like, well, shit, all right. And then he recommended 10 to 25% as a good range for muscle building. So then I was just like, at that point, I was like, why the fuck am I listening to this? <laughs> because, because <laughs> right? It because it doesn't matter. Yeah, it doesn't matter. Like, I, I'm i not even a fan of bulking. Like, ever since I kind of started talking, listening to Doucette and what he had to say, I was like, bulking seems just kind of fucking dumb. Because, like, why would you... I think, in general, people are fatter than they really need to be, right? So why why bulk and get fatter when you have all these negative, less, um, worse uh, blood work, um, health prognoses, uh, you have more fat cells, fucked up appetite regulation, poor work capacity, um, you know, it, it's just yeah. it's just all these negative For, things. To play devil's advocate, though, like, I, I was a little bit fatter. Like, maybe I'd be better at putting on muscle, because I'm sub-10 for sure. Well, no, but it says the P ratio is the same for fatter people and for leaner people. And you're definitely not more than 25%. No, but I'm saying, like, maybe, like, like are we talking about, like, because I'm, pr- like, I'm pretty, like, sub-10 is pretty lean, you know? like Yeah. If I, but, like, 10%, like, that's leaner people. That could be leaner people. But, like, because I say, like, I'm kind of at one end of the extreme, like, at sub-10, and other people, like, at north of 25 or north of 30%, like, they're at another end of the extreme, you know? So for me, like, would it be better to, like, would it be one of those fewer occasions where it actually is helpful to be, uh, like, at 10%? Um, If you're leaner than that? Well, you're probably not getting leaner than 10% unless you're prepping for a bodybuilding show. No, but I'm talking about me. Sorry. Like, I'm naturally, like, I'm day-to-day, like, I'm I'm leaner than 10%. You are? Yeah. No way you're less than 10%. 100%. Um, what percentage are you at? Do you remember what we did in uh, Exercise Fizz? What were you at? I, with biological impedance, that was 5%. And with, well, biological impedance. Yeah, that's... and with hydrostatic length. Yeah, what was your hydrostatic I was also 5%. Really? Yeah. No way. Yeah. Well, you'd be fucking... What What was your body fat percentage? Or body weight at that time? 
I've been, I think around then I was probably still flirting with like 155, 157. Alright, let's do some math. <laughs> Fifty-five times. Oh, whoops, no, point zero five. So you had eight pounds to lose, and you'd be just shredded, like bone and muscle. <laughs> so to get absolutely as lean as fuck as possible as you could get, you'd be one, one forty-seven. I don't know. That seems crazy. I mean, I was pretty lean though, like. Like visibly, like without my shirt, like that one. Well, okay, okay. Let's just say, yeah, five percent. I mean, that seems so ridiculous. Cause that's like what, like bodybuilders are at, like when they go to like compete. Is that like five percent? You know? Yeah. Sometimes they touch three, three to five. Yeah. Yeah, like three to five. I don't know. But regardless, say say. Anyways, you're I could have been up to like say six or seven, but I got, regardless, I was still like. You lean. Yeah. Leaner so than what I was, wanted to what, be. Anyways. What was your question? Um, I think it was, I think I was asking, like, I would bet, I was saying, like, I could possibly benefit from being a higher body fat percentage for building muscle. Yeah. Well, I mean, look, like, I feel like it's I don't, I don't feel like you have to really, like, like, aggressively bulk, even if you're, like, kind of in that 5 to 9%, because you could gain that, like, pretty easily, just eating kind of normal, you know, and not being super egregious with it, eating just anything, you know, and just maybe slowly gaining a little bit of weight over time as opposed to bulking and being in like a thousand calorie surplus or something. Yeah, maybe it's because the term bulking has a bad connotation of being like, like obsessive. Like, yeah, it just sounds like... like excessive, right? Yeah. And I feel like you can just maybe eat a little bit above average for a few weeks and get up to that 10%. Relatively yeah. easy. I guess know? it depends what you mean by that, that bulking. Do you mean like just a caloric surplus or do you mean like... Yeah, I don't know, I don't know exactly what defines like how much of a caloric surplus you have to be in to bulk. Um, but it's just like, you, you could, you could, it's super easy to put on an extra body fat percentage. You could do that like relatively easy and not just get too egregious with it. And, um, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and get in that like 10 to 25% range. And then, um, just the idea of bulking and, um, putting on a ton of excess body fat it's just it doesn't it just doesn't make sense to me for anyone really. You know what I mean? Yeah. So what else were they saying? That, that's as far as I went. <laughs> Cause yeah, I mean, uh, yeah. Cause I just I was like, yeah. At that point, I was just like, if your P ratio is the same whether you're fatter or you're leaner, and it's a ten to twenty five percent is in a good range for muscle building. I was like, what's well, I mean, well, I mean, two thirds of people are actually twenty five percent higher, right? Two two yeah. thirds of Americans are overweight. It's probably more now because of the pandy. So this doesn't even this that third of people um, that fall within this range. Like, why get fatter? Yeah, you know, it's just like maybe maybe just eat a little bit more. Um, than normal and maybe get into that 10% range and then it's just it would be super easy to drop that extra little bit of body fat percentage instead of bulking and getting way up to like 20% because it's way harder to lose 10% than to gain it and it's why why just put yourself through that physiological 
and psychological um, struggle of dropping 10% body fat percentage when you could just go up at like an extra maybe four or five and your muscle building is going to be the same and then um, yeah and then you just it's way easier to cut so I think bulking is fucking stupid as shit it's <laughs> frankly because whatever right here just to be within 10 20 percent of body fat is uh, just to be within 10 to 20 percent body fat percentage always if you're an average person you can't do that then you, yeah if if you can't be within 10 to 20 percent body fat percentage you're just a lazy fucking person right you know okay. so yeah and then um oh yeah so powerlifters and strongmen that are that are higher than that really don't need to be so even people who like for their job should like are bigger and like in that 20 plus percent um, in my opinion, um, don't really need to be there. And the, the reason they say is to stay strong, but like, it's, I feel like it's mostly a psychological thing. And you can see, uh, and you can just be way more healthier too. And it's like that, that work capacity thing where like, you're, you're a little bit lighter and you, and you're going to have a higher work capacity, you know? And I think that's important for like strong men because it's not all just maximum one reps like there's more like loading type events or like the 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 wheel of death or whatever they call it you know where those things require more work capacity and you'll it'll just be healthier with all these other different markers and i mean there's like a ton of strongmen um who have dropped weight currently like recently like brian shaw martin lisi's thor even though he's not doing um strongman anymore he's doing boxing whatever and zajunas and Mateus, um, all these guys that used to be fucking massive, like 330 plus, are cutting weight because they just realize, like, you got to be more athletic and all the health markers, I don't think, are really worth it. And less, less, um, you have higher systemic inflammation at 20% or higher, too, because it's just all that extra body, body mass is putting so much stress on your joints and whatnot. I just don't think it's worth it. Like, you know, anyways. Yeah. I'm just ranting. Jesus Christ. Sorry. I'm here for it. Uh, so, moral story is bulking is fucking dumb. Like, don't do it. Like, you, like, like we fucking talked about, and you still don't believe me, but you can, you can gain muscle and be in a caloric deficit, you know? So it's like, why, why be in a caloric surplus to, to, to get bigger is fucking dumb. You're just getting fatter for no reason. Um, all you need for muscle building is fucking water, protein, and a, and a stimulus, and energy. And you don't need that much, like, the amount of energy that you use in a weightlifting session is, like, maybe 200 calories if you're going fucking bananas, you know? Like, you don't, and you, to be at maintenance or lower, it depends on the person, but probably, like, 3,000 and less. You know, it's, like, it's not, you don't, you don't need all this extra, all this extra food. It doesn't do anything. Fat and fat and carbs are just for energy, and you don't need that much energy. And the protein, you're using it all for muscle building, and any extra is used in thermonuclear genesis, or not nuclear, thermo, um, what the fuck was that? No, it was, um, <laughs> what's it called? Something genesis. Yeah. Gluconeogenesis? Uh, yeah, gluconeogenesis. Thank you. Jesus Christ. And you turn it in, you <laughs> turn it. Nuclear, nuclear scientist now. Um, no. Yeah. 
gluconeogenesis. Thermonucleogenesis. <laughs> <laughs> and you just basically turn it into carbohydrates and use it for energy anyways, you know? So, that's that. Give me anything to say on that? All right. That was cool. La uh, last one here. This might be a little bit longer episode, but who cares? Um, this is the Mark Sisson... Uh, Jerry parents. So you you said you're not you're not familiar with him, right? I think so. He's a pretty interesting guy. He's you should listen to the podcast. He he's um he's the creator of the Primal Blueprint and um the Primal Diet and he makes a lot of like low calorie type products and he's like essentially what he like the diet he consists of and I agree with a lot of this is cutting out like. I, I don't I agree with this as much, but like grains and then processed like vegetable oil things like canola oil and, and like sunflower seed oil and all that kind of bullshit and then like refined like sugars, like excess sugars type stuff it is like what the primal blueprint is kind of all about. Um, and he said like the benefits uh, of of either keto or primal, they're same kind of idea, low calorie, low carb um, diets, is um, an increase in mitochondrial density and um, also mitochondrial um, biogenesis. And then also increase in insulin sensitivity. So what I'm thinking about doing is after I do this, uh, this um, triathlon, I'm going to Either go like like super legit keto or the primal. I'm not exactly sure, but I'm kind of interested in all those different ideas and also reducing systemic inflammation too. Um, so I'm gonna go like super hard keto slash primal for five to six weeks is what he recommended, and I want to see how um, all those things kind of work out. So I'm not doing it because you know keto, everyone likes to go. We've talked about it. A lot of people like to go on keto because they think they're going to lose a ton of weight and this, that, and the other. I don't give a fuck about any of that. I just want, like, all the physiological benefits, like the mitochondrial density and insulin sensitivity and reducing systemic inflammation and all that kind of stuff from cutting out sugars and just go, like, strict on the, like, meat and fats and whatnot and just see how I feel after those five to six weeks. I mean, are you going to have, like, in terms of carbohydrates, is it minimal or is it leafy greens or, like, what is I think I'm just going to, I think, I don't quite understand Primal as much, so I think I'm just going to go um, heavy keto, because I understand that, and just, yeah, like, even, like, vegetables keep in, like, a minimum, or, well, I, yeah, no, I'll for sure do vegetables, um, but just cutting out, yeah, all of, all the, all the carbohydrates. Yeah, I mean, it's, it, there's a lot of overlap with it, too, but, like, the carnivore diet. Yeah, same kind of concept. You know, it, it is kind of interesting. It's just, like, maybe cutting out, like, avocados and... What else would you cut out? Because you, you're basically just eating meat. So like um, cheese, I guess, you'd cut out. What else would you cut out that's not in keto or that is in keto? Oh, as far as, From, as carnivore? Carnivore versus keto. Well, um, I mean, I know because like, Jordan Peterson was, was kind of the one who did it too. Like he was like, I think he was just meat for a little bit of it. Um, but I know Joe Rogan did it for like a month or something too. Yeah. But it does sound kind of interesting. Like, he talks about like how like, uh, his energy levels were constant. You know, there's no yeah. highs and no lows. Well, that, yeah, that makes a lot of sense because your body starts to burn fats and ketones 
uh, as fuel and because uh, I mean I'll be honest that is one thing that is like not it just depends on how you feel about it but you kind of eat like constantly throughout the day when like on the diet that I'm doing right now is but you're eating like just such low calorie dense foods and even if you eat something that's like super satiating like it lasts maybe like four or five hours and then you got to eat again you know um even if you're eating a lot of fiber and a lot of protein but i don't really mind because i eat a lot of fruits and um like these little muffin things that i like to make but you're, you're eating constantly so you're just constantly getting those those insulin spikes and whatnot and you're just very reliant on food constantly so I don't, I don't know. I just I want to do it for the because I've done keto, but it was kind of bullshit keto, and I wasn't really committed to it. But I'm gonna commit to it really hard after after the, the triathlon and just see the physiological benefits and see how I feel and um, whatnot. So I'm excited for that. Anyways, I mean, I'm excited for it, that too. I'm not gonna do it anytime soon, but like, that's something I would play around with at some point. But it'd be interesting to see how it turns out for you. Yeah, yeah, it's just something I want to play around with. Oh, just yeah, it just died. Perfect. Well, we're done. Um, so yeah, that's it. That's all, folks. A bit <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that no. was um, a little bit longer one today, but uh, I would recommend check out the Mark Sissinger's appearance. Oh yeah, check out the Laura. Uh, I don't know how to say her last name, but Beats B E I T Z. Essentially, I'll just sum it up. She was really fat before um, when COVID hit, and she realized that a lot of obese people were getting COVID. And she lost a shit ton of weight. And I just want to shout her out because that's what you need to do. Instead of being a fucking dumbass sitting in your your house wearing a mask, um, you should take care of your body and take ownership of it and get your get it right. You know what I mean? Um, so, you know, you're just, you're just healthier. You're, yeah. Shout so, out to her. Shout out to her. Um, check out Mark Sisson. Check out her. Check out the, the Jeff Nippard podcasts. I'll listen to some more of those in the future, but I feel like the bulking thing's fucking stupid. And check out WEC methods, because I like all their equipment. Anyways, that's it. You know what's Alright. Kids crying over. <laughs> Until so, next time. Peace.